you kind of gotten to play both Ozfest yep. and Notfest, and now it's the culmination of the two. Kind of cool. Yeah, it's the meeting uh, meeting in the middle now. <laughs> you guys were already on your tour though, your headlining tour. Yeah, right? we started about a week and a half ago, um, and we started over in Columbus, Ohio, and kind of snaked our way south and then straight across. So we're uh, we're uh, yeah, full steam ahead. This is the last U.S. tour of this record. Yeah, because it's coming up on a year now, right? Yeah, almost about, just about, next month. Yeah, next month. And the way you guys work, you seem to kind of go every couple of years, so you're already starting to look at riffs and stuff yeah, for the next yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, for me, with, like, riffs and writing, it's, I, like, I would write if we didn't have a record coming up, you know, if we didn't know we had another record, it's just kind of a compulsive thing you do, you know, when you when you start playing, it's, like, becomes second nature to want to pick up a guitar or bass or something and just write. So we always have stuff floating around and ideas that are, you know, you, you kind of stockpile them and save them. And then when it's time to come together, then we have a lot, a lot of stuff to kind of pull from and figure out what we want to do. But uh, this record is just, we, we kind of had a lot of goals set for ourselves, especially uh, on the radio side of things, to be able to have a top 10. That was a big uh, door opener for us. Yeah. And um, it's cool to be ending a record and have that you know, and see where the next record goes from there and starting from, you know, what we built this time. You know, that's kinda like every record's a building block for the, for yeah. the band. I really think this record, you you in particular, I mean obviously a lot was made about Max clean singing mm -hmm. and everything. But I think it's it's your vocals that go along with that mm -hmm. that really have made this this record special and a tribute to a lot of the success, mm -hmm. not only his singing ability but yours. Yeah, yeah I mean for us like Corey and I doing live uh, backup parts with singing and screaming it just it allows us to pull off things from the record that otherwise we would have to use tracks or just not have and I'm, I'm not like opposed to people using tracks but I just feel like it's you can't replicate like people doing the vocals live you know like it, it's just a different thing I mean when you're running around and you're singing and screaming you're uh you know you're having to I don't know pull it off it's much harder than just like a sitting back and just miming it at a mic yeah I've seen that I've seen that a couple times too there was a what was it Carolina Rebellion mm. someone was playing and you could see the sheet yeah. behind and there was a guy standing behind the behind the scrim yeah I mean it's, uh, it's I, I don't judge you know I, people just want to hear the music they like and for us it's that's a big part of why we got into rock music was that it's it's real guys up there right. doing that and the the flaws and, and the perfection come with that, you know. The warts and all. Yeah, and I don't think I think we will like it when when things happen because then it's like, wow, how does this man react to it? And when you just kind of keep going, and you don't doesn't phase you. I think that's to me more impressive than you know. I've seen shows go down because tracks go down, right. and then now it's so complicated because sometimes tracks are tied to. Um, like the actual shows like running on a big track and, and, and like pedals and everything and then if you get to the point where you can't even just go up to the pedal flip the stuff you know where you need the computer to do it right and then it gets like well this is a disaster now so like I'm just glad that my stuff goes down it's like just plug me into the monitor board I'll play straight through if I have right. to you know and you guys are all are prolific musicians I mean it's not like you're kind of just playing basic stuff you're yeah. playing very intricate complicated musical parts so I imagine you want to hit that out live rather yeah, than have it recorded and rehearsal it's just that's the key once you, if you do enough of that like it feels second nature you don't feel you don't feel like you're like 
over over your head out there. And, you know, on a show like this, I mean, it for a band doing it for the first time, it can be overwhelming to be in front of that many people. Right. And it's like once you've done it enough, and if you've practiced enough, it's it just doesn't feel your nerves aren't there it's different you're just used to it you like almost become more calm because you're just like you're ready for that moment and right. that comes from the rehearsal yeah totally just like being on the radio it's like you know yeah. the more you do it the easier yeah. it gets totally and, and then totally. you start thinking about everything except for what you're doing you're like yeah. where do I leave you're my in the keys and, you're in the moment yeah. yeah so I totally get that man and um, speaking of you said about writing and stuff playing guitar you actually write a lot of the guitar and riffs and stuff for trivia music. Yeah, I mean, I, I started guitar about a year after I started bass, so I started bass at 11, guitar at about 12. The main reason I started was just so I could write, or I could show other people my ideas, you know, in bands. I liked playing bass, I didn't want to play guitar, but I wanted to learn it just so I could show people, and then I ended up, you know, I got good enough at it to where I could, like, write better stuff, and then it's just over time, you just, you know, you keep learning, you keep playing, and... I still consider it my second instrument, but it's a. I'm very fortunate to have learned it because it makes writing easier, and I can switch back and forth between guitar and bass if I if I feel like I'm getting stale on my guitar riffs. I just switch to bass, and that's like a totally different way of writing. And I I, I, I approach guitar differently because I'm a bass player. I think. You think of more rhythm in mind. A lot more rhythm. Um, sometimes I'll write riffs on my bass the way I play with my fingers then I transpose it to guitar with a pick and you know I think it, it you just write differently it's a different approach which is cool and you got guys that are like drummers that are like that or and then a guitar player that maybe writes you know other stuff too it's the same right. thing you get different approach to it and that's what I've always liked about playing guitars and I, I think about it a little differently right different coming from a different angle yeah definitely that makes perfect sense and is this uh, I know you guys always like to kind of keep us on our toes mm -hmm. as fans, but is is what we got on Silence in the Snow going to be the kind of the direction moving forward from now on? Um, I mean, with the clean, there's is, definitely not going to be like a lot of like we're not drastically going into like some other genre. Right. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be energetic. Um, right now, like the only thing I was like I could say are like big word, generic words because <laughs> it's like until you really get into the the details of it. Right. You know, like. Stuff. Uh, there's been countless times that I've written stuff that when we get into rehearsals together, you know, changes form completely. Or, you know, you, the magic of actually playing together and putting it together on the spot, you know, like, I technology now, I mean, I can sit down at home, I can write full songs, great sounding drums, and it's, it's all good, it's a song, but when you get together with everyone, you have these, like, moments of inspiration and, and ideas that cross and then you know you all, you argue things out like does this work does that work right. you try different things and like it's an experiment you're just you're really trying to make the song flow a certain way and I've just realized you have to before don't say what it is until it's done because it, right. it always changes but I mean with this record it opened up a lot of possibilities for us that you know we we're very mindful of and you know, we're a band that loves heavy stuff. We love melodic stuff. Right. If anything, it's going to be a continuation of those two things and seeing where we can push them and trying to make, you know, the songs be more than just, like, a heavy song but be a heavy, catchy song and it's something right. that people can sing to and move to and that's always the, the dance we're trying to, you know, do with our music is, is combining those two as well as we can. Just refining the song Yeah, process. that's that's the keys. You learn how to write songs better and easier and 
every record I always learn something new. I'm like, all right, doing this differently this time. I learned this lesson. Or working with a, a different person as a producer can really open your eyes to things you like and things you don't like. And right. I've just been mentally taking notes all these years with those kind of things. Speaking of, of working with other people, I mean, you guys have had your, your run full of yeah. drummers. <laughs> yeah, with drum. Well, we've had, let's see, we had uh, Travis, who was like long term. Yeah. And then the last two guys were just literally the first guys we had in our heads were our drum tech. So right. this time we actually had a chance to really make a, you know, we, we felt it was time to like really look for people and look for what we needed. Rather than just getting by. Yeah, that was kind of what I felt like we were doing, and I was just like, it's time to it's time to do it right. You know how we should have done it in the beginning, but you know, it's it's easier said than done when you have tours booked and they're coming sure. in quickly. You go for what's going to keep the the wheels turning, other than you know, it would have been stop touring, right? And who knows what you know? It leads to other repercussions of just canceling tours. So we did it right this time. We looked, we asked people we trusted verified you know tried to verify as much as we could about people beforehand yeah and a lot of it's just people as they are not even their playing it's just who are you you know what do you how are you like how, do how you, are you without how do you the react? drumsticks in your hands yeah how do you react when um you know we, we say no to something <laughs> you know it's really it's as dumb as that sounds it's like you really get to see people like it's it's in the worst situations or in in conflict even though we don't have a lot of conflict but you know arguments and disagreements come up and it's like sure. the honeymoon period will go away quickly and best drum in the world you know with or the best players i should say in the world with the wrong meshing attitudes is not not gonna work it's volatile we're in a bus eight months out of the year together you know you gotta make that work yeah it's, it's really you know, when people get into beefs and problems, and if it's not resolved, you know, that can really mess things up. Yeah, it's funny, being a fan, you always kind of think, well, it, the gig should go to whoever's the best player, you know what I mean? Whoever can play the best, beats the most, oh. but but it's so much more than that. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I even see, you know, I, I try to tell people, it's like, get as good as you can as a player, but like, you gotta hone a lot of skills. Like, it's a people, person, industry, making you know good relationships with people in inside and outside the business the way you treat your fans mm -hmm. uh, the way you treat your crew your, repu your reputation is everything um, you know guys that aren't the best are gonna get more jobs because they're just better people right and uh, yeah keep that in mind don't just let your think like the, the playing is gonna do the talking because like people don't have time for that stuff and there's always someone else out there that's maybe better and just a better person to deal with and I'm mean, that's just the nature of it it's kind of like a cold-hearted thing to say but I mean it's to to keep three of us together this long and that we work this well together is you know that's a great thing it's a, it's a testament to how we work as people and bringing Paul in it's just been trying to fit that piece in and you know he's done such a great job so far and, and he's a chill dude and he let you know I think the big key with him is how easily things roll off his shoulders with stuff. He's not faced by problems. I mean, he, people psych themselves out. I've I've watched drummers do it many, many times. You know, you can get psyched out pretty easy. Oh yeah. With that. It's a it's a complicated instrument. It's a integral to the band. It's a lot of pressure, and you got to be able to handle that. Right. And 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 yeah. if you make a mistake, to rebound from. Yeah. It. It's like I mean, we we want to make this you know an easy. Thing for him to come into and, and make it something that he's a pro he's proud of to be a part of and that's 
what we've been working at and I think we just have the understanding that you know we take it as it goes and, and let this develop into something you know long term together because that's what we all want you know yeah. but you can't you can't predict the future but I mean judging by just the shows and how people reacted to the four of us playing you know it's been a great thing and we want to keep it going and it'd be awesome you know next record what what that can bring having a guy like him behind the kid yeah and more playing time and stuff yeah you'll get more yeah. comfortable with you I mean guys. that's what we've been we've been really um, getting him because he can learn so quickly he's, he's you know very great at that you know that's just something that we've been dying to have is guys like hey we need to play these five songs on the next tour to rotate and right. you know we go into rehearsal it's like we've been playing the song for years and we had never played it together so you know now we're, we're diving into the back catalog playing stuff we haven't played in years so it's great for the fans it's great for us and also for him to just kind of it's like a history lesson into the band of like sure. all right this is where these guys have been musically with, with different guys playing on the kids so that's like in and of itself a real uh tricky thing because like playing the early stuff you're playing travis's fills right. playing in waves and bendix falls you're playing some of the nick fills playing silence in the snow you know you're playing some of the stuff madero and us came up with on the drums and so you're, you're getting into different head spaces and stuff and i think if you kind of tackle that stuff it says a lot about the player you're a versatile guy and you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what Paul Wanke's fills and, and parts and, and unique How stuff he interprets comes up. It. Yeah, that's that's been, you know been really wanting something like that for a while. So I, I'm excited because I loved what we did on this record, and I'm excited to see what we can do now that we're really firing on all cylinders. Yeah, you know, in the live setting, I'm, I'm hoping that transfers over to the recording. I love love the new album uh, until the world goes cold is mm. like top three favorite trivium song like right away like thank the moment you. I heard thank that you. I was like yep this is like instant classic thank you uh, dead and gone I love and um, kind of funny that you guys kind of now have your own Eddie your own mascot yeah so yeah the Oni skull yeah that was kind of a thing we thought of a couple years ago well two years ago uh, we just kind of realized well we had the tea which we still use for all, pretty much all of our merch but um we wanted something to kind of personify the band and we hit up our guy that does a lot of our tattoos who pretty much does just japanese tattoos uh or mainly and he's really well versed in the mythology and all the stuff so we, we kind of explained it to him and he created this oni skull based off of an actual thing from japanese mythology and since we've kind of used some of that, those elements in our art before and mm -hmm. you know matt being half japanese we just decided we'd uh we'd go with something like that and so it's kind of cool to use for merch now to be able to use that and turn it into stuff and it's cool that the art that it started with is so simple it's just the white on white and right. now it'll develop into whatever you know we go forward and you can color it and, and give it yeah oh it's gonna definitely i mean we already have some ideas for what we're gonna use for the next record so we're, we're still going with that and that's a fun thing you can kind of come out with a different thing and new interpretations of the sound right. and the art and that's what's fun about it for us kind of like made in like different yeah. eddies on each album totally and, you, you just kind of you uh you, you can be as creative or you know do whatever you want with it yeah. it's there now it's cool, man. I saw that. I know you guys are such big Maiden yeah. fans. Yeah. Kind of like I was like, oh, they We've got their. We've always like, uh, I mean, they're the best band to really look at as a blueprint of like, not only just being a great band and music because if the music wasn't there, it wouldn't matter how cool everything right. looked. Right. But you know, we've toured Maiden. We've known like Rod, the manager, for a long time. Small and stuff. Yeah, and just like, just like being able to like, you know, hang out with a guy like that and really like kind of 
hear it from him just kind of on those sort of things of like just how you you know how you build a band how you build the brand of a band and what you do to get to that level and then sustain it you know because i mean that band's been through ups and downs and stuff it's you look at them now you're like you just massive <laughs> everywhere but i mean they, they've had their their ups and downs as well and how they weather those things so we look to bands like that as good examples of like how to do it right you yeah know? and that's that's like been a big thing for us because it keeps our eye on the ball of like all right this is how you keep a band going this is how you right. grow a band and I mean, one of the biggest lessons we learned from him is like, if you stop trying to grow, no matter how big your band is, same with Maiden, you don't try to grow, it's done, you know, like it, it slow, like, because I think the natural tendency of a band or just like anything, like the entropy, like everything's kind of always trying to like, you know, stop growing and you have to kind of always fight that back and go find the new fans and go out right. and do different stuff and try things and it's uh, it's a constant battle, but it's it's fun because the music and the shows are great and it's worth it. 